I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, I'm Matt Kelly. And I'm Matt Dancona. And this is the two mats for the week ending Friday, the 3rd of November. Just two normal men. We're just innocent men. Yes, I don't know about that, but um, it says I that in the script. An innocent <laughs> man. What are we going to uh, call this episode? Well, as you can see from a slightly deranged tone in our yeah. voices, we've been we, we've been we're still recovering from a night um, a night on the town seeing Jordan Peterson, and I suppose um, we should really call this episode. A night with Jordan Peterson. A night we? with Jordan Peterson. Yeah, perfect. It says what perfect. it says. What it my is. alternative would be, but I think I think this that's better. But my alternative would be more direct, which would be, who's the biggest twat, Jordan Peterson or Dominic Cummings? That is certainly to the point. But that is the subtext. So let's anyway. go with the come hither. Let's and, go and, yeah, a night with Jordan lure, Peterson. Let's lure the listeners in. Enjoy delicately. Enjoy. Okay, so this is the two mats episode twenty. A night with Jordan Peterson. Enjoy. Enjoy. So, Matt, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, I think we have to talk about our... We went out. We we went out. We had a big out. Out, out. out. Um, In fact, we had a... An operation mission behind enemy lines, basically. It was one of the weirdest nights of my life. It certainly was, and I'm sorry, but I'm very glad that you came along in a comradely, bossly yeah. way. It, we went to see Jordan Peterson. Jordan B. P. What's it? Jordan B. Peterson. Jordan B. Peterson. God damn I did it! That in another show. <laughs> I know. Who can say why? Uh, yeah. We're still kind of post-traumatic, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, live at the O2 Arena. Yeah. And boy, was it an experience wasn't it um yeah. i think just to sort of give it some context because lots of people know a bit about jordan peterson but this this week has been very specific um it's about the launch of uh something called the alliance for citizens responsibility arc. No, the alliance for a responsible citizenship that's right yeah alliance for responsible citizenship yeah and uh if maybe uh if matt the third Matt could give us a quick taste of um, the promo by Jordan Peterson. You should accept yourself just the way you are. What does that say about who I should become? Is that just now off the table because I'm already good enough in every way? So am I done or something? Get the hell up. Get your act together. Adopt some responsibility. Put your life together. Develop a vision. Unfold all those manifold possibilities that lurk within 
be a force for good in the world, and that'll be the adventure of your life. So What's the, a crock of shit? Well, there it is. And the gig we went to, or revivalist meeting, or rally, or whatever you want to yeah. call it, I, I mean, between fifteen and 20,000, I gather, were there. Is that right? Yes. It, it was, wasn't a sellout, was it? It was almost a sellout. I mean, it's kind of blacked out. They put curtains across yes, a lot of the back Yes, but it, it was extremely well, it was, it was. well attended. Yeah. Um, and it was the capstone of, a, of two days of a, of a conference held to launch ARC, which... Um, is a sort of brainchild of, of Jordan Peterson's and is it's not quite clear what its its objectives are but this was him kind of after two days of of um of talks and seminars and things um it near the O2 um and and which had included people like from from the government Michael Gove uh Kemi Badenoch Jimmy Carr Jimmy Carr was there. Who who knows why? Well, someone um, and, said uh, someone wrote a piece. Tim Stanley wrote yes, quite that's a right, good piece. Actually. It was quite a, an it was funny. piece in the Telegraph. It was very funny. And he said, you know, it said, "What's Jimmy Carr doing here?" And they said, "Well, you know, he's a very successful guy who doesn't like paying taxes. He fits right in." Yeah. <laughs> and the member of Parliament for Gilead, Miri- <laughs> yes. Mir- Miriam Cates, talking about falling fertility rates and she of course is co-chair of the new conservatives um along with danny kruger mp who was also there and we've talked about the new conservatives as the sort of the face of the 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 new conservative party as maga uk so there were lots of strands coming together there were also you know well-known scholars like uh, uh, neil ferguson and a bunch of american politicians he's some dialing in vivek ramaswamy the presidential contender dialed in but last night was the sort of you know was the big yeah. circus event wasn't it and we had so we had jordan peterson at the start pacing up and down it's just weird we need to go into this in in right you know and and then a panel which was douglas murray the well-known polemicist conservative polemicist is he well known can i question that oh well Well i mean well known to us i mean i I I think if you if you watch uh too much telly which i do he, he is but perhaps not very well known out we'll return to him we'll return to him he's getting a book uh Bjorn Lomberg, who yeah. is uh, has long, he wrote a book in the late nineties called "The Skeptical Environmentalist," which gives you an idea of where he's coming from. Which is climate change exists, but not to worry. It's yeah. basically um, a truly bonkers Christian called Jonathan Pajot, yeah. uh, who 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 makes religious <laughs> art, and more of him and on. And then the guest star at the end was um, someone who lots of people might not have heard of. Some will. Ben Shapiro, who's a massive podcaster in America, uh, runs a, a big network called The Daily Wire, which has uh, a million subscribers. And he was the kind of the, the star turn at the end. Yeah. So that's the kind of setup. So what did you make of it? Well, I, I so I was left with, um, I don't know if you remember. PTSD. After, after, <laughs> PTSD? With, after Donald Trump's inaugural speech, um, on the steps of the Capitol. Oh, yes. At the very end of it, George Bush turned to Laura Bush and was lip-read to be saying, boy, that was some crazy shit. <laughs> and and that's how... that's I, I was left stunned, right? And so here's the honest thing. I went with a completely open mind, yeah. right? I haven't followed the ins and outs of Jordan Peterson and Douglas Murray and all of these guys as forensically as you have. And I thought, well... 
you know, millions of people worship this guy. I mean, they, they, they gave do. him a standing ovation before he'd said a word. They right? do. They do. And I thought there must be something that I can learn, right? When I'm, I'm sitting, I'm going to listen to the guy for three hours. I'm going to take something away, right? And what proceeded to unfold was a litany of utter banalities. Yes. That, that, that not only were they banalities, but they were so banal. They were the banalities banality. <laughs> Stuff like... Make yourself a better person. Be a good dad. Be, be a, a good be husband. Be the best dad. Who wouldn't want to be a great dad? Yes. And this stuff was eliciting cheers and nods and murmurs, ripples. And yeah. murmurs. But so I was struck by how banal it was, how kind of cod religious it was. It, as you said earlier, it was like a, a revivalist meeting. When you see on TV of the of the minister who's about to say, and here's the phone number for donations, folks. It's It was that, you know, the angry preaching yes but again with no substance so whatsoever I, I completely agree I, I think that the banality was the bait it was meant to lull you into a sense that this was just common sense folk talking common sense things um which with the heavy implication that and sometimes explicitly stated that the common sense things have been driven out by yeah. evil woke folk yeah. right and they need to be restated afresh by a new generation but that was the kind of setup and, you know, you and I were kind of occasionally exchanging glances and occasionally, you know, uh, brief observations, but that actually uh, beneath the banality, there was a lot going on, some of it quite sinister, some of it hypocritical. So the first sort of premise you kept getting from these guys, starting off with Peterson and then with the panel, was that liberals, woke people, uh, elites are obsessed by apocalyptic visions and that this is a very dangerous thing because in the view of this gang there is no need to feel that way however at the same time in a classic example of double think they kept saying that we're in the fight of our lives and facing an existential challenge and we've got to defend civilization uh there was one particularly jagged moment i thought was when peterson said that if your child isn't, um, you know, socialised when he's four, yeah. he's doomed. Doomed. Doomed? Yeah. Doomed at four. Wow. Um, so which is it, I thought? You know, is it scorn yeah. or is it urgency or is it actually both? Yeah. You know, I'm allowed to um, say that the end is nigh, but you're not. Yeah. I mean, it's every pub's got one on a Friday night at 10 o'clock. <laughs> and the guy who is, he is clever, the guy. Oh, but yeah, he's yeah, listened yeah, to no, himself very... for far too long. His vinyl is stuck and he he's impervious to, to other challenge. And that was one of the other hypocrisies, the great hypocrisies, when they were bemoaning all these people. And they were literally talking about panels on stage about how... There was no challenge that liberals wouldn't be challenged. And you were on stage. You had five middle-aged white men all saying exactly the same thing. Yeah. All saying, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. But what scared me a bit, scared's too strong. What worried me? Although, well, oh, no, I wasn't scared. But also, equally, there were many times during that night when I wanted to openly mock to you what he'd just said and yes. snigger and I did find myself laughing but I suppressed the laughter because I was very conscious that around me oh, there was were a, definite... a bunch of people 
well, <laughs> 10,000 or more people yes. who were totally bought into this. And I, I, I was trying to think, what were they so bought into? Because objectively, it was banal, right? There was, And I once went to, um, there's a great screenplay uh, writer called Robert McKee. Or oh, yes, yes. Yeah. The story, story teacher yeah, and his yeah. book, Story. And I went to his three-day seminar. And actually, the, the style of Peterson is not dissimilar to McKee. You That's know, he's, interesting. He's a yeah. big, angry preacher, you know, and he's very pompous and serious. McKee's got much more humour than Peterson, which is something we should talk about, the lack of humour. Zero. But I, I asked um, our mutual friend, Tony Parsons, who had oh, put me yes. onto, uh, who'd put me onto this McKee thing. I said, I thought it was fantastic. And he said, the, se- the secret about McKee is if you're going there with a project in mind, then everything makes sense. If you just go in there to listen, none of it makes sense. It's no. just interesting, but there's no great purpose. But if you go there and you're working on a novel, it's it's absolutely fascinating, and he unlocks lots of things. And I thought all of those people must have had a project in their head. They thought there was something fundamentally wrong, and he was unlocking answers. Well, I think, okay, the answer to what you're, the question you're essentially posing, I think we have to sort of scroll back a bit. Jordan Peterson actually first crossed my radar as long ago as 1999, which sounds crazy. Well, not in any significant way, but I was quite interested at the time in Jungian psychology. And he is a Jungian psychologist. And he wrote a book called Maps of Meaning, came out in 99. I remember getting it, reading it, thinking, that's quite good. You know, Canadian psychologist, it's, it's, it's sort of the whole idea that myth contains lessons for everyday life. Move on. Mm-hmm. And then... He reemerges in the run-up to what we might call the Brexit-Trump moment. He starts putting his talks on YouTube in 2013. And before you know it, he's, he's getting into people's heads. And by 2018, he's got 1.8 million subscribers, 65 million views, you know, amazing figures. And what he was doing was, for good or ill, he was responding to an absence of a sense of meaning in people's lives and particularly skewing to young men. He's a sort of professional version of what the much more unpleasant and wicked Andrew Tate is now doing, you know. But it was a similar sort of initial... That was his initial kind of base. And then he brought out... 12 Rules for Life, the famous book with the Tidier Rome injunction and another one called Beyond Order in 2021. And he's working on one called We Who Wrestle with God, just coming out next year. But really, his home, his his the way he's done this is by essentially short circuiting traditional media. They've not played a part in his rise. Yeah. And, and indeed, I've written a bit about what I call network politics. Jordan Peterson is the absolute personification of network politics because what he does is he understands the way to get power nowadays is not through traditional uh, processes and institutions. It's to make connections. For instance, he instantly saw that Joe Rogan was going to be a star and latched onto him and is a regular on his show. He saw that Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire was going to be a safe and lucrative umbrella for his endless content if you want to hear a 26 part series about why the book of exodus is interesting and i know you do Mm. it's all there on the daily wire website so he's got that and it's and this is another network you know what what the what arc is more than anything is a network so what 
why were they there they're there because i think fraudulently he 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 is able to present them with a, a kind of meaning which they feel is lost in their lives yeah and he's he's a very clever adapter to trends so he he came out just at the time that bookshops you remember bookshops started to have smart thinking sections right, right? yeah his books were all over that you know yeah. when self-help was starting to become a little bit more muscular yeah he was there he's very nimble he's very yeah. good at adapting to 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 the, the kind of new methods of the moment and therefore giving people what they think they want so so yeah i get that completely and clearly everybody in that audience was a super fan before they arrived oh yeah no one was there unlike, no one you know you and i were you probably, I probably unique yeah in being there you know convince us and they'd all read the book they'd yes. all read the 12 rules which maybe we should remind some people what some of those rules are in a second but i i was so disappointed in him that you know when i've seen him interviewed by people who challenge him he's very good you know he, and he can be interesting and quirky and funny but in this forum in where where he was just being affirmed by people of of i would say of lesser intellect although listening to him i don't think he's in, he's what you'd call a, an intellectual giant i just think he's a smart guy who can talk quickly and can finish the sentence with a lot of long words and people go wow yeah that makes sense you know i got to the i i, un, I that sounds right yes there's a great ted talk on um on i can't remember what, what the guy is but it's a guy doing a piss take on ted talks basically and he says you know i'm saying nothing but i'm saying it in a modulated way <laughs> and i'm making you interested yeah and when i finish i'll return to the nothing i said and it'll all seem like it was something, but it wasn't. It was nothing. And and it, this is he, this is what he was like, you know. And literally, the advice he was giving people was, as we said, tidy your room, start with yourself, tidy your bedroom, be a great father, be an adored father. Who wouldn't want to be an adored father? And if you're an adored father, your kids will love you. They'll become adored fathers. And what was, it was interesting, it was all about being a great husband, being a great father. Yes. There was no mention of being a great wife, oh, being no, a great I mean, mother. Well, the he, structural misogyny of it was, was extraordinary. Do you remember the moment when he, with sort of good intentions, was telling a story of a patient he'd had yeah. who had um, been, in his view, saintly because she was yeah. greatly troubled, greatly damaged, um, hugely disadvantaged. Yeah. Um, and had come to him because she wanted to cut through the bureaucracy. He, he lives in Canada and practices Canada to enable people and institutions she'd been uh, a patient at to come out and walk her dog with her. And he yeah. took this as an example of saintliness. But he started off by saying she wasn't attractive. Yeah. And there was a ripple of laughter in the arena, which was unambiguously cruel yeah and the way he said it it's probably what he said and she was not attractive she was not attractive and then there was this ripple and it was yeah. it was it was a chilling moment because mm. before they all came on um 
that was the most kitsch, um, have I got classics for you, yeah. dreadful, aren't we all civilised uh, guitarist playing, you know, Bolero. A lone guitarist. A lone guitarist. You know, it was, it. but I mean, the semiotics of yeah. it were fantastic. It was, you know, we're all very civilised. Yeah. Right. And I think that that is where we start to get to what this is all about, because the dog that didn't bark last night was who was he really having a go at? And I suppose to a certain extent he was having a go at us totally. um, because there were some tells and I know you and I kind of caught some of them at the same time. So, for example, he talked about more than once about the globalist utopian vision. Mm. Now, that is that is very loaded language. That's Davos, world government, tyranny. It's a dog whistle to conspiracy theorists mm. and wing nuts who think that Bill Gates is trying to turn us into zombies through 5G via nanotech and vaccines. And he said at another point that there's a there's a plot to eradicate nation states. There really isn't. Mm. Um, but that's terribly important. It, it There was endless refer- references to hierarchy and order. You know, their definition of freedom, I think, is quite an attenuated one. Mm. Um, and you, you don't have to think very hard to work out who'd be at the top of the hierarchy in their imagined society. Um, absolutely crucial two things climate agenda yeah that got biffed again and again and again yeah. and peterson has serious form on this um he's talked about the climate con the pseudo religion and it's because they see in people's concern for climate change which is sanity a rival agenda you know, a rival way of seeing and understanding the world. And they want to sow... All of these things are, you know, geared to... It's hysterical, it's a cult, don't buy it. You know, they're trying to take away your ability to lead a, a normal life. They're trying to impoverish people. What Rishi Sunak said about net zero is not a million miles remote from that in some respects. Yeah, yeah. But that's the deal. And the other thing that kept cropping up, and I know we both noticed this was covid yeah he said the tyranny that enveloped us during the covid crisis i wrote, mm. I wrote that down and i thought ah okay so you're going to use these two things to keep your flock yeah in line and hopefully uh, in your eyes extend the message to others and 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 they were the moments where no one said outright you know that islam's a problem but you know there was a, there, there was it was there. Know, there but and covid was a conspiracy and all of these things but every time you could sense that that was yes and the audience was kind of rising but they never really delivered the although Douglas Murray looked for the world like he was gagging to you know he they got, never spewed it out onto the table he was twitching yeah. with the desire he'd obviously been told before tonight is not a war night yeah Douglas we're yeah. not we're going to be agreeable yeah um, which is, I, I I hated him by the end of that. He's, I he was him. he can be. Um, I've known him a long while, and he can be enormously engaging in private. Yeah. But that's really. I mean, it's funny that one because it's sort of irrelevant, isn't it? I mean, in terms of what we're discussing, which is the public domain, the public discourse, the fact that he's nice at lunch doesn't really no, matter. No, in fact, the opposite. In, in a funny way, it's the opposite. Yeah. Um, and, and what I, he he seemed he struck me as a total phony, as an absolute fraudster, and a guy who had been studying Christopher Hitchens on YouTube and was doing a, a lame impression of him. 
But he said, I've been reading a lot of Nietzsche later, lately. <laughs> and there's this great line in Nietzsche which says, of course, you are right that somebody has destroyed your life and that person is you. Now, I've seen either Christopher or Peter Hitchens do exactly that same <laughs> shtick on, on YouTube recently. So it's a Hitchens tribute band. It is. It's like, it is like the uh, Christopher Hitchens tribute band. And th- all that guy's got going for him, as far as I can see, is his timing his timing's good and he, he drops his lines well and the audience lap it up and uh, and an you know a feet english accent which must go down a like a gold mine in the states well you know. it's interesting because douglas murray uh, essentially reinvented himself he moved to new york and his image changed completely you know he as a lot of when brits go to new york as journalists they you know they have the teeth done they have the hair done they get the personal trainer the wardrobe changes and he's a very very slick now and he's been doing um i know he's been standing for various people on fox yeah so it's not difficult to work out what his ambition is there and he's been on rogan uh, at least once maybe twice so um you know his his part in the sort of jordan peterson universe is the smart Brit, yeah. who adds a little bit of grit to the the the, the schmaltz, yeah. and um, well, they lapped it. Look, to be fair, they, they loved it. They up. loved they it. They lapped it up, and um, you know, uh, Peterson introed him as saying, you know, I was speaking to somebody who said they'd much rather be interrogated by Ben Shapiro, who's a who's a famously you know combative and, and good combative and, and, and loy- very good. loyally very yeah, good yeah, yeah. Uh, polite inquisitor. as well yeah, very yeah. polite than i would by douglas murray yeah. and and murray was like you could feel the absolute kind of <laughs> the ego kind of burst out you of really him, think you know, like so a, like a hate like an aura um I mean, I, th- I, I thought the guy was a lightweight, to be honest. It, well, I mean, he it, it was he didn't really. I think he would have liked more lines, put it that way, in the script, yes, you know, in the yes. movie. Um, <laughs> one of the things that's interesting in all in all this is that um, I think that that the the big problem they've got is God. Yes, this because, was weird. Yeah. Because you could see, particularly Jonathan Pajot, the mm. French-Canadian icon carver. Sounds yeah. so Pythonish, isn't it? <laughs> the, the French-Canadian icon carver. Um, and I watched his the thing he did for the the, the, the the two-day event. And in it, he kind of said, come on, guys, we've got to talk about God. And this is a problem because in the States, this kind of... Um, you know, wokery elites, etc., is ruling is ruining the the West. Is glued together by it's all for Jesus. Okay, yeah. let you know, do this for Jesus, Matt. You can't do that here. You can biff the woke. You can shout about uh, do the Matthew Goodwin thing of shouting about elites. You can say that the European is staffed by you know, communists who want to turn your children into serfs. Which is true, by the way. Which, anyone listeners, if you are listening, uh, is the plan. That is right. That is why we, got you, we, we, we don't take <laughs> subscriptions from people who aren't vaccinated. That's a whole other episode. But um, joking apart, um, there, is a, there is a problem because you can't do that here. Yeah. You know, and every time last night when things got to the praise Jesus moment, yeah. right? It, Literally, it, yeah. It... Yeah. it you know, you couldn't 
You can do that. Because Peterson's a convert, isn't it? Pete, well, After he got really sick. He got really ill in 2018, 19, initially with uh, addiction to um, sleeping pill sedatives. And as you do, he went to Russia and Serbia to try and get this cured. I mean, yeah. that, that, that sort of detail just tells you so much about the yeah. man. Yeah. Because you know, he's very, very wealthy. So he could have got any Western medicine you can pay for. But no, he went off to strange clinics in Russia and Eastern Europe too, yeah. and then he came back and he's got God and um, and also some very strange suits, weird we... suits. I, I, I was staring at it all night. So for Felicity, it was double-breasted suit, not particularly well cut, but half of it was a kind of burgundy red, and the other half was a sort of mar- like a, a deep blue, and then. I woke up this morning. I thought it's Barcelona's football kit. Yes, what or, he was wearing, or Two Face from Batman. Yes. I mean, <laughs> and I think there is a little part of him that wants to be seen as the dandy and the trickster. Yeah, which is tricky when you have zero sense of humour. Really, yeah. when we come back, I, I I want to broaden this out a bit. Yeah, and 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 also reflect about some of the things that we've seen in the COVID inquiry this week. Definitely, which, which must be mentioned. Um, so. Stay with us uh, a little bit more on this fascinating topic when we come back after the break. This week's episode is sponsored by The New European. And boy, oh boy, do we have a seasonal gift for you if you subscribe. What's that, Santa? It is. It is. And I shouldn't be laughing, but it's an absolutely it's deadly fantastic. serious. It's it's a fantastically funny set of six Christmas cards and a 2024 wall calendar. Also seriously funny. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'll be bound. But they are bloody funny. Bloody funny. I honestly, I even wrote some of the gags myself. They uh, are well, then it's a lock. It is an absolute locking, and uh, you can get those six cards and your fantastic wall calendar to give you laughs all the way through 2024. And to make all of your friends think you are the funniest person on the block when they get your Christmas card, if you subscribe to the New European. And the New European, if you don't know, is a fantastic newspaper and website full of great serious political analysis from great writers like the very fantastic Matthew Dancona. Do you know him? Seen here. Relative? Very cousin, I think. <laughs> Patience Wheatcroft. Uh, Bonnie Greer, James Ball, James Ball, Tannicock, Jonty Bloom, Campbell, Will Self, Self absolute know, stellar stuff. And, company, and, and Alistair Campbell's diary is an absolute. It's a must. Is an absolute must read. And it's also got loads of fantastic cultural uh, commentary and features, stuff left field stuff you won't read anywhere else. But if you love Europe and you want to get a sense of why Europe is a is a fantastic continent and a great place we all love, then the New European was literally made for you. So subscribe and join our fight against right-wing nationalistic media and do something positive about the state of the press in the UK. Yes, sir. You can get everything we do online for just a pound a week or if you like the actual newspaper delivered to your door every single week, then you can have that for another pound and that's a 75% saving on what you'd pay at the newsagent. Just go to www.theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's www.theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats, number two, M-A-T-T-S. Do it now and you'll get your Christmas cards and calendar in plenty of time for the festive season and you'll be supporting great independent journalism. Thank you. 
On the media podcast this week, Boris Johnson heads to GB News. Our pundits ponder what we should expect from the disgraced PM. Also on the programme, the media bill is back, but what's changed will tell you all you need to know. All that plus a story of a new radio service for Gaza. That's the media podcast with me, Matt Deegan. There's a link in your show notes. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right, so Matt, the individual's concerned are well worth pillorying at great length and i hope we've done a bit of that in the first half but yeah but there are there are it is a there's a macro picture here yes there is and the more you look at it the the wider it gets and the and the more things get roped into it new technologies and how our attitudes towards society what do you think it all adds up to i think what's happened i mean i mentioned in the first half my sort of fascination with network politics replacing old-fashioned institutional politics. And I think that that is the import, the really important bit, which is these guys all started off, they were called the intellectual dark web. Yeah. Various people are, it's attributed to various people, that phrase, but, you know, it's people like Sam Harris and Bill Mayer and Douglas Murray and Jordan Peterson himself and Joe Rogan and Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro. All these people were you know they they were on the web and they were outside the norm right and initially they had the kind of maverick appeal but now really they are super super powerful i mean joe rogan's show in um the states is by far the most powerful uh, program media product in the world by yeah. miles yeah and i think it's number two or three in the charts here as well yes i mean it, 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 it it's 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 the hardest one to get onto yeah. so you know this week rishi sunak is hosting um as part of his ai summit is hosting elon musk yeah uh chat show host slash prime minister meets um billionaire tech 
uh, guru at number 10. It's a slightly demeaning thing. But the interesting thing is that I bet you uh, we're recording this on Thursday, so we haven't seen the Sunak-Musk encounter. But he, I bet you it's been an hour long, right? Yeah. Musk did Rogan this week, Joe Rogan's show, and gave him nearly three hours. Yeah. Now that tells you... There's your proportion. That, well, it also tells you where power lies. Yeah. Because as far as Musk is concerned, he's he's got this new cyber truck he's selling and various other things. Uh, and, of course, his message on AI, which is we should be very worried about it. Um, and in order to get his message out, he gives the British Prime Minister around about an hour and Joe Rogan, who is a, a mixed martial arts commentator and stand-up comedian, but also a podcaster of huge power... Three hours. Of course. And you said slightly demeaning. I think it's like incredibly demeaning. It is incredibly demeaning. The yeah. British Prime Minister, right, interviewing a, a tech billionaire in, in, a, in a way, and like it hasn't happened yet, so I don't know what, but you can bet your bottom dollar. Rishi Sunak's gonna, not going to be telling Elon Musk anything he doesn't know. It'll all be, oh, Elon, you know, what do we do here? How do we save this? You know, what, what, how can we progress these issues? All right. This small person who happens to inhabit the the role of prime minister right now, this obsequious kind of narcissistic wannabe Silicon Valley guy, you know, he literally wants to live in Silicon Valley. Elon Musk represents God to him, Hmm. basically, I think. And we were saying before, you know, before the show, you can imagine them high-fiving in, you know, Oh, we've, what a great get! As though they're bookers on a talent show. You know, I can the, certainly imagine. Um, oh, what you mean the the, the Sunak and Sunak's yeah, team? Oh, yeah, well, they are. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know whether they've literally high five, but they've been talking about it as a get. Yeah, you know, as if they were working for Letterman, for David Let- Letterman, or yeah, Graham Norton, yeah, or someone. Exactly, and so it is completely demeaning of the office. I think that that Sunak's doing this. But it says a lot about the real power and the where influence lies in the world, where you've got someone like Elon Musk, unelected, you know, enormously wealthy, but influential in in specific areas, but being treated as a as a prophet, you know, as as some kind of Old Testament kind of figure that has to be ad- adored and and who has to be a placate and placated and placated. And you saw it over in the States as well, yes. where they were talking, you know, about his attitude to Russia and Ukraine and, and his Starlink network. And, you you know, I must be honest, there are times when I, I wonder, have I got this completely wrong? No. Am I the one that is... No, 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 no. That no. is the idiot no. blowing no, in the no, wind? No, 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 no. You know? I mean, the, the, the problem is that the technological revolution um, is so, A, fast, and B, you know, exponentially changing... There's always change, okay? Uh, that's not new. But change has changed in the sense that in our time, change is happening at a rate that we find dizzyingly hard to keep up with. And it's at a time when attention spans, because of the technological revolution, are shorter than they were, mm. and political cycles are much shorter than they were. So the capacity of politicians to keep up with this is very limited. Now, there's a neat segue there into the COVID inquiry because one of the things that has emerged from the COVID inquiry, and of course, you know, it lit up this week, didn't it? Because yeah. we had Dominic Cummings, you know, another showbiz character, really. Yeah. And his sort of profane WhatsApp messages yeah. at the COVID inquiry. And what came out of it, more than anything, oh, there are so many things that came out of it, it's fascinating, is that th- this was a government that had 
absolutely zero pandemic resilience. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that it should have been specifically and 100% ready for a coronavirus of the deadliness of COVID-19, okay? Mm. But the more we hear... That's disgusting. It's amazing. It's disgusting. I saw somebody tweet that, you know, it was just some random tweet guy saying Matt Hancock should be done for manslaughter. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you're absolutely right, mate. He should be, this should be a crime. It should be a crime for that, you know, especially when you're in office, for that level of incompetence and absolute um, disregard for people's lives and where everything was just about how did you perform in a press conference and how did you feel questions and and the lying, the, the absolute lying, the non-stop lying, not just to us, but within them, yes. to themselves. The absolute kind of cyclone of lies, disregard and arrogance that resulted in thousands of people dying. I do not know what civilization wouldn't put a guy like that on trial and throw away the key. I it's, really don't know. It, 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 it's... The logical end of all this is that, is, is people being charged. Now, I, I'm afraid I don't have, I'm cynical enough to not have a huge amount of confidence that people will end up being, you know, prosecuted. Is there already a case for that? Absolutely, right? Mm. And, and the interesting thing about it all is that what you, the world that is being described in these hearings, and there's a real whinging from the sidelines from, the Tories about oh it's all being turned into a a sort of personal thing you know it's a personal attack on Boris it's a personal attack on Matt Hancock it's a personal attack on Don Cummings damn right it is damn it? Right, yeah. you know of course it is because the system that they had not only inherited but had radically yeah enhanced was very very much based upon cults of personality and clusters of personal power and the problem is that there was a terrible convergence between this sort of gang of narcissists each with their own little empires and you know agendas and technology because what's we discussed this on the last q a whatsapp is unbelievably useful it really is but it is also an insufficient means of governing well to at the very least and clearly you know you have to read the some of the whatsapp messages that were being quoted in the hearings it's a bloody awful means of governing because it lends itself to dominic cummings calling people the c word and misogynistic rants and um yeah ministers of fuck pigs and all this kind of explosive informality which is offensive in and of itself but it's also not a good way to make decisions no also it's there's something um because it can be an intimate exchange I, I thought it was fascinating the the exchanges between simon case the cabinet secretary yes and cummings where they were both talking about how crap boris johnson is and and you know he's a trolley and he can't you can't govern like this and so on and so forth and i thought you know He's the cabinet secretary. He's got an important job to do, and that is to keep the government on track. Fair enough. But also, he is talking about the prime minister, mm. and and once once you lose respect, it's that's the, that's what I'm trying to say. Is on WhatsApp, on Twitter, they're impulsive format platforms, and it's so easy to lose the moment, lose respect. Yes, and 
but that 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 doesn't that loss of respect doesn't just exist on that platform it then extends out into the real yes. world it, and and it's all part of the problem the misogyny the swearing the aggressive nature of the way that those guys were doing business on whatsapp was also translated into the real world and the problem was that you know a lot of the time Cummings was right about Johnson yeah totally because you know Johnson is a, a person who is completely unsuited to being yeah but that fucker right that fucker dominic cummings knew that yes right and every time that fucker talks and prattles on and bores everybody about how great tolstoy was and all of this and you know is anna karina better than war and peace and all of this shit let's not forget discuss that guy knew what Johnson was yes. when he helped get him elected. And he said so. I mean, he, the, the the barefacedness of it is extraordinary, which is he described it to, um, to to I think it was Hugo Keith, who was still... Uh, He's the KC, the, the barrister. KC, yeah. the barrister. There, there have been various lawyers, yeah. but I think it was still Keith, said, yeah, you know, uh, we were taking a huge punt, but we had to because we had to get Brexit done and we had to stop Corbyn. Well, you know... How do you sleep at night, mate? Be- and then we know from uh, Cummings's su- subsequent um, interview with Laura Kunzberg, yeah. which I still think is one of the most amazing political interviews I've ever seen to this day, where he says in terms that a few days after the 2019 election, he, Cummings, and his vote leave cabal were plotting to bring down the prime minister who's election they'd just secured with a big majority now that is coup talk yeah you've just for better or for worse you've just managed to get johnson into number 10 with his own massive mandate you've destroyed the labor party you know the wheels of democracy it may not be what you want but they've worked the system has worked and within days and he used that phrase to laura kunzberg within days he and his pals unnamed but we can have a good guess we're talking about how do we get rid of him yeah now that level of kind of anti-democratic entitlement is terrifying and he's still he's still in his own head occupies moral high yes and he's and he's talking about setting up a new party which um actually pleases me because uh for all sorts of odd cultural reasons that doesn't seem to fly in this country you know you you have to occupy the existing parties you you colonize them as johnson had the tory party and blair did the 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 labor party but um still you know he's 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 taken far too seriously in in sw1 i think that's the that's the threat and i should apologize for my language to listeners it, uh, uh, but i am angry i'm really angry about this and his his line of defense on twitter right now seems to be oh what's worse me telling the truth about these people or the fact that those people were lying c words and all of this business it's not a zero sum game you can both be culpable of a great crime against the state and against the people and i think they are all guilty of a crime a crime i really do think it's a crime against the people and it resulted in thousands of people dying. But he's he's very good, um, and we should call him out for this more often than we do, at hopping from one foot to the other. So some yeah. of the time he's Mr. Genius, who is the engine room of government. And uh, other times he's standing back saying, 
you know, it nothing to do with me. They're all yeah. morons. I tried, you know, but the cabinet office is is just completely dysfunctional, or the um, the Department of Health is a bin fire, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Now, um, which is it, Dom? You know, were you in fact running Britain, or were you um, tearing your hair out because you weren't able to? And this, and again, this is a common thread between Jordan Peterson and Dominic Cummings and and the rest of them. Explicitly, uh, Jordan Peterson was the whole point of last night, uh, Wednesday night at the O2 was, we're going to talk about answers. You know, we're going to come up with answers and solutions. And there was none of that. There were no solutions at all. There was just long prattle with allusions to philosophers and biblical figures and so and all this kind of cod philosophy and cod science. And it was all, look how clever I am, right? And the same with Dominic Cummings. You know, it's like, the prefix to is evidence, quotes from Tolstoy, quotes from here, quotes from this. It's like, look how clever I am. And I, I would just encourage people to say, you know, listen to all of this stuff and then ask yourself after you've listened to it, what can you remember that actually meant anything, that added up to anything? And from Jordan Peterson, all I can remember is a guy saying, be a great dad and tidy up your bedroom and look after yourself and everything else will emanate from that. All I can remember from Dominic Cummings is they're all fucking useless. Yes. They were all fucking useless and I was right. And that's all I can remember. And that's nothing. You know, it doesn't get us anywhere. Ugh. No, it's a very, a it's a very, it's, it's a very, I mean, the, I think the, the inquiry has caught light this week. The oh, interesting, 100%. The interesting yeah. thing is whether people will retain an interest in it. Well, it's got another, uh, it's got the big salvo to come, which is when the politicians come yes. in December. When I think John, it's going to be Johnson December, and Hancock it? and people like that come. Yeah. Um, well, we've got a wicked front page for the week after next. Oh, excellent. Yeah, which I've, I've got in my head. And it's, uh, it's going to put, I think, visually Boris Johnson into his correct context. I can only imagine. Yeah. How exciting. Well, listen, on that bombshell, let's... Um, well, on that teaser... I've got to stop actually, saying on that bombshell. You know, no, no, actually, you know what it is? It, it, it's it's like the mid-credits teaser trailer, isn't yeah, it? it is, that yeah. It's like, you know, coming in Avengers it 14. It is, and we'll revisit it, because maybe, oh, yes. maybe we can do a special... Uh, I mean, one of the sort of... We should just consign these people to the dustbin, but you can't help yourself but to come back and rake over the coals with Yeah, but guys. part of consigning them to the dustbin, I mean, it is like medieval uh, Italian city-states where they'd occasionally exhume the corpse and drag it around this... <laughs> The, the public square, and I think that uh, you know, without actually killing yeah. anyone, we should we should keep that practice in mind. Well, listen, let's as not, good Europeans, let's right? not close off any avenues. Let's not close off any avenues. All right, listen. I hope you've enjoyed the show, folks. As depressing as it can be sometimes, but we we have to vent now and again. Yes, and also don't forget. You know, we're not that we're not twenty four hours out of having been listening to Jordan yeah, Peterson, right? We're suffering. And it probably shows. Yeah, it we'll be all right shows. after the weekend. And of course, we'll have some lighter conversation on Sunday with our now regular Q and A episode. Our regular Q and A. People are enjoying. So get your questions in and any feedback to the two mats at tnepublishing.com. That's the two mats number two m a t t s at tnepublishing.com. And don't forget our new special deal, free Christmas cards and a 2024 calendar when you subscribe to The New European. There is a link in the show notes. Thanks as ever to our producer, The Third Matt, Matt Hill at Rethink Audio, assisted by Maya Siedland and Ollie Peart. And until next week... It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Goodbye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.